welcome to PCI Pals podcast channel, Secure Payments. My name is Nikki Von Segern, and I'll be your host for this episode, Keep Calm and Simplify. With the release of PCI DSS 4.0 bringing with it significant changes and requirements for organizations, PCI Pal recently partnered with industry leader Verizon to generate a white paper titled Keep Calm and Simplify, which addresses contact center best practices in the wake of the updated regulation. Today, Verizon's Head of Global Business Intelligence, Siska Van and PCI PAL's CISO, Jeff Forsyth, join me on this podcast to dive a little deeper into the topics surrounding PCI DSS in the Contact Center. Thank you both so much for joining me today. We'll go ahead and jump right into some of the big picture questions before we dive into the details. Um, first one on the agenda being, how are you guys seeing global contact centers undergoing significant change? Yeah, it's certainly, we live in interesting times and there's a substantial increase in, in mobile payments. And we, we see a growing number of online purchases taking place and there's a, the demand for contact center services. We can clearly see is increasing. I mean, like most industries in today's economy, as an industry, it had to swiftly adapt to working remotely during the COVID-19 pandemic the past two years. So I, mean, I think also from the virtual call center model, particularly in which we have employees working distributed across multiple geographies, that has been transforming operations and even company cultures. So there's this awareness of uh, individual taking real responsibility of working productively in the contact centers, but they also need to adhere to security policies without that direct physical supervision. So that's clearly a change that we've seen. And I think in addition to that, there's also the regional differences in legislation, which is why PCI DSS is seen as such a go-to standard for organizations operating globally to ensure that payment card data is processed and transmitted securely. Yeah, um, picking up on the regional differences uh, in legislation point, uh, in the US, the most comprehensive uh, state privacy legislation is the Californian Consumer Privacy Act, CCPA of 2018, which they followed up with the CPRA, that's uh, Privacy Rights, uh, in 2020. Then uh, Virginia came out with a Consumer Data Protection Act, CDPA, in March 21. Uh, we also have privacy legislation from Colorado, uh, New York, they have, have a SHIELD Act, uh, and the Utah um, Consumer Privacy Act, not to mention Connecticut's data privacy law. Over in the EU, we have the GDPR, of course, that's the General Data Protection Regulation, with its requirements for consent, data breach notification and data subject rights. Europe is also working on a Digital Services Act, DSA, a Digital Markets Act and a new e-privacy regulation. Interestingly, uh, the EU is also looking to introduce an Artificial Intelligence Act that might have implications on contact centre operations. Other countries are also getting into protecting their citizens' uh, privacy. So Brazil introduced a general law for the protection of personal data. Um, Canada, India, China, Australia also have very tight privacy and financial transaction laws. So, so PCI DSS has the advantage that regardless of which countries you operate in, uh, compliance with PCI ensures that your systems are secure and cover all the security aspects of those various in-country legislations. With all that change, how is complexity increasing in payment security? 
Yeah, we, we certainly do see increased complexity. And as we know, complexity is, is the enemy of security. I mean, as I mentioned, the work from home practices during the pandemic certainly changed how contact centers are structured in their physical architecture as well as their operations. And it requires that attention to ensure that the sense of data remains protected regardless of all of these changes that's going on. So that certainly added a layer of complexity for many contact centers to ensure that payments are received and processed quite securely. securely. And I mean, if you look at this, just even from a technology perspective, many contact centers had to improve the way in which they structure their their infrastructure itself, deploying tools to facilitate the work from home uh, movement. So an example is the use of virtual private networks like VPNs to ensure that communications remain secure, regardless of where the contact center is structured. And also adding network access controllers to check that employees connect to systems uh, in a secure way that they're actually using remote devices that meet minimum requirements, such as operating level and antivirus, file, etc. So that also added some technical layer of complexity to organizations. The use of strong multi-factor authentication, that is a very strong PCI requirement that is even strengthened further in this latest edition of the standard. And there are various other measures that are needed to lock down devices just from the technology perspective, not even talking about the processes and the, the training that goes into it. So security is really a vital expectation for consumers, and they are expecting that secure payment processes exist and are kept in place by contact centers. And in addition to that, they also don't want this security process to hinder their experience. Yeah, just uh, agreeing with Cisco there. Uh, the environment in which payment card data is being stored, processed and transmitted is very intricate. Uh, the scope of components in terms of volume and variety continues to increase. This is true for organisations of all sizes across all industries. Organisations know that to reduce this complexity, they need to consolidate and integrate their systems to reduce the scope. This too uh, requires an investment of resources the effort of security is ultimately determined by one, the complexity of the environment, two, the proficiency of the organization, mainly the security management teams, and three, their ability to focus. Absolutely, and uh, shifting the conversation to the most recent guidance, um, the Payment Card Industry Security Standards Council recently released a new version of the Data Security Standard, version 4.0. How do you see this impacting contact centers? Um, Sure. Uh, The new and more prescriptive security controls require uh, greater efforts from companies that process, transmit or store credit and debit card information or cardholder data, um, CHD, as it's called in the industry. Uh, First, uh, the standard changed significantly, significantly across all the requirements. Uh, The amount of guidance uh, increased substantially. Where the PCI DSS document used to be 139 pages, now now it is 360 pages, mainly due to a substantial volume of guidance and uh, changed to the validation uh, assessment and reporting requirements. Next, the requirements for ensuring that security controls remain in place, the so-called continuous compliance is now much stricter. This means more documentation of compliance uh, that is needed to be done. Yeah, yeah, I, I certainly echo that, Jeff. I mean, this update to the standard is certainly not just minor, I and mean, PCI DSS 4.0 will certainly have a, quite a significant impact on contact centers, I can imagine. 
Well, I think in, I mean, just from a management perspective, uh, you first need to understand what is the challenge with PCIDS is 4.0 in terms of the scope and the impact. And then secondly, I mean, logically, you need to know what the solution is to this challenge of, of meeting this new requirement. So the scope of the solution and your approach to the success of how are you going to transition to PCIDS is 4.0 will become quite important. And then lastly, also, you certainly need to know how exactly should you go about implementing your transition to PCIDSS 4.0? What are the key considerations for formulating your transition strategy? And, and to summarize this in, and simplify it even further is uh, to succeed with PCIDSS 4.0, you will need to first understand the requirements. That will always need to be your first step. As Jeff mentioned, it's, it's quite a, a substantial increase in guidance documents, 360 pages that you will need to read through. And then the second most important is the impact uh, on the structure of, of your compliance environment. A lot of requirements that changed, uh, continuous compliance, measuring and reporting the effectiveness and performance of your compliance environment is now much more stricter. And then the, lastly, the third most significant impact is the new compliance validation options. So you will have those three choices, the traditional defined approach, uh, which everybody's used to. This is what we've been uh, doing in the last 18 years. And that's the recommended approach also going forward for this year and next year. But then you also have a new customized approach where you can actually design your own controls and have customized validation. So that is quite exciting, quite new that as the industry talking. And there's also a hybrid validation option. You can actually combine both the traditional defined approach and this new customized approach. So very interesting changes to the compliance requirements. Thank you both. Um, it seems that the impact is pretty significant. Uh, next question would be, what was the need for PCI Council to release a new standard? Yeah, I think it was certainly time. I and mean, we typically saw PCI DSS for those that, that have followed PCI DSS over the years. As I've said, it's been 18, 18 years already uh, that this regulation existed. So typically it's been about a two to three year time period between releases of, of updates to the standard and this has been the longest one for major updates to the standard it's, it's been four years in the making so the previous version version 3.0 that was the previous major update that was released in 2013 so i'm recalling this is nine years ago and since then the technology and the risk landscape evolved significantly for example the use of cloud technologies serverless computing and what we have today is very different from what it was nine years ago. And but the potential other changes as well that really required the standard to be updated was changes in the threat landscape. There's the types of attacks that we see, the sophistication in threats to payment systems, the processes have changed over the years, and that requires updates to the requirements. Uh, we've seen the strengthening of multi-factor authentication, cryptographic controls that were updated, uh, access control requirements changed quite a bit in this version. Uh, so there's most definitely was time to release this new version. And the most significant update to this flagship standard, PCI DSS, um, we've, we haven't seen this big an update since 2004 with that initial release. So it's, it's quite exciting to see this. Yeah, just uh, picking up on Cisco's mention there of uh, the threat landscape uh, evolving significantly. Um, Cybercriminals have not only developed new ways to compromise merchants, phishing and ransomware were not around back in 2013, uh, but there's also a lot more of the bad guys around. You no longer need to be a software developer to mount cyber attacks. The dark web is full of malicious companies that offer to do all the detailed code work for you, selling pre-packaged attack programs that can be bought off the shelf. 
So it's, uh, it's in response to this bigger, bolder new world of hackers and social engineering that the PCI Council has had to significantly update uh, its security documentation, which they've done with this release of PCI DSS version 4. Excellent. Sounds like it was a long time coming. Um, as we keep a focus on these changes, which PCI DSS 4.0 requirements are probably the most relevant to contact centers? Yeah, it's a lot to digest. Uh, I think, as, as Jeff mentioned, 360 pages to go through. So I, mean, I think we, we can quickly cover this in terms of what are the most important uh, aspects to look at it now. I and mean, from a high managerial level, if we start with that, there are three most important impacts on the compliance requirements. So in terms of new controls, there are actually 64 new controls added to the standard. Uh, and this is really spread across the standard. You, you have quite a high impact on uh, key requirement 12, eight uh, and requirement six as well but there are overall six classes of changes uh, to the requirements so obviously you have uh, these 64 new controls that i mentioned and uh, there are numerous updated controls across the 12 key requirements so then they are not new but they they were reworded and changed and then there are also controls that were renumbered some controls were removed uh, there are many future dated requirements and that means these are requirements that only come into force a year later after this new standard comes goes into effect, which is March 24, that everybody needs to actually start to validate and that they need to be compliant against the standard. And the future data requirements gives you that one additional year, in other words, uh, 2025, when you will need to have those controls in place. And then lastly, there are some mandatory defined requirements, which means that those requirements cannot be customized if you choose to follow the new customized approach. So therefore, it really requires focus. Uh, there's a, the reduction in scope by reducing the cartel data environment and all the c components that touch cartel data will really help significantly reduce the overall workload, uh, both in terms of what you need to do for PCI DSS 4.0 compliance and the validation thereof. Yeah, um, you know, the overwhelming call to action in this new standard is to reduce the data um, uh, incoming to the contact center and simplify the process. So regulations will continue to change and evolve just as threats will. So having a solution in place that ensures the sensitive data never enters the environment uh, is key to uh, scalable growth as these th threats and regulations evolve. Of those 64 new controls, I think there's uh, a good 10 uh, that uh, directly are related to all uh, contact centers. And they include uh, things such as uh, prevent copy and relocation of uh, payment account numbers uh, when using remote access technologies. So that's stopping people at home, uh, uh, home workers cutting and pasting and, and saving uh, card data. Uh, certificates need to be used to safeguard PANs during transmission over open public networks. And there must be mechanisms in place to detect and protect personnel against phishing attacks. Phishing attacks is, is new in PCI version 4. Um, and so there's quite a big play on that. Uh, review uh, all user accounts and related access privileges appropriately uh, is in there. Maintain new minimum levels of complexity for passwords um, when used as an authentication factor. So passwords used to be sort of seven or eight characters. They're now up to 12 characters. And that's again in the standard. Uh, use multi-factor authentication for all access to the card data environment. Determine the frequency of periodic uh, point of interaction device inspections, uh, review and update the security awareness program uh, for all staff at least uh, once every 12 months, 
um, you must include awareness of threats in training uh, that could impact the security of the card data environment. Finally, um, include security awareness training to provide an understanding of the acceptable use of end-user technologies. So there's a lot to think about in version 4. It certainly is. And Jeff, uh, could you expand further on PCI PAL's product Agent Assist and how it specifically improves security for contact centers? Certainly, Nikki. Um, so Agent Assist uh, is a PCI compliant solution for agents taking card payments on live calls. So it utilizes uh, DTM, DTMF masking technology and speech, rec speech recognition technologies to provide companies with a secure way of handling payments without bringing their environment into scope of PCI DSS. So we integrate with the call flow and at the point of payment, we intercept any um, telephone keypad tones or speech from the customer. Uh, this way the agent doesn't hear or see the card data. All they see are asterisks on their uh, computer screen and they hear a dummy beep. Uh, the customer and the agent can still converse throughout the process but the sensitive card data, so that's the PAN and, and uh, the CV2, are, are prevented from reaching the agent or the contact centre environment. So this drastically reduces the scope of PCI compliance. So this solution is av available globally from within the PCI PAL cloud platform, uh, and we provide IVR and digital secure payment products as well. So agents can have multiple payment options asking the customer to pay uh, on the channel they choose uh, in the way that they wish. So this gives a truly uh, omni-channel experience. Thanks so much, Jeff. Um, you've both mentioned descoping or reducing scope in this conversation. Could you expand further on why it's important to reduce your PCI DSS scope? Uh, I, I can take that one. Reducing the scope in, in our view as well, I mean, looking at PCI compliance over the past 18 years, and I mean, we've studied this very carefully, we truly understand the cause and effect relationships between what makes organizations successful with compliance. And we know that all organizations have limited resources to allocate to security and compliance programs. They have limited budget, limited time, limited amount of people, limited attention. Uh, I believe there was a recent study that mentioned as well as that small organizations typically have five or less people designated to secure and compliance and even large organizations only have 25 people or less so it's really quite restricted so definitely why would you want to increase the workload and, and not decrease it and reducing the scope is one of the best ways to lighten that workload associated with the planning your design your implementation the operation of compliance you need to maintain your entire compliance environment you need to evaluate it you need to improve it especially with pci dss 400 that now places such bigger emphasis on documenting the actual performance of your compliance and it also has some requirements for showing improvement in compliance so you need to uh, overall have a reduced workload ultimately to reduce the risk of a car data compromise so contact centers will really need to re revisit their compliance programs to adapt to these new clarifications introduced in pci dss 4.0 and a solution such as agent assist certainly help to bypass a lot of these requirements and reduce this workload so if you, if you want to revisit uh, just understanding what is an in-scope compliance environment, uh, how do you define your cardholder data environment or your CDE, as we call it? So it consists of a number of entities. So all components that touches, that means stores, process, or transmit payment card data. That is either the cardholder data or sensitive authentication data. That definitely is in scope. 
And it also includes all connected system components. And that, in addition, includes components that provide security or segmentation of the cartel data environment. So ultimately, there's a lot that goes into your compliance environment. And as mentioned, the PCI DSS standard now has, instead of 139 pages of guidance and requirements to read through, it's 360 pages. So a lot, new, a lot more guidance to understand how organizations should increase their maturity to deal with this. It's, a, it's a, quite an increase in, in workload. So this is quite a clear indicator of there are hundreds of requirements that you need to meet. Yeah, you need to re reduce the scope, and that must be an explicit goal, uh, an a key objective of any compliance program is continuously work towards reducing your scope to keep the workload manageable. And you also need to make sure that with the limited amount of resources, which all organizations are dealing with, that they can actually effectively deal with this. So that's why it's so important. Yeah, uh, totally agree. Yeah. From a business standpoint, simpler processes allow contact center employees to provide consistent service to customers. So other benefits of reducing PCI DSS scope you know, include cost savings. So de-scoping de uh, increases payment success and reduces average uh, handling time for agents. You get improved security uh, since de-scoping payments prevent sensitive data from ever entering your contact center then cyber criminals have nothing to break in uh, and steal. Uh, you get an improved agent experience. Again, with descoping, there's no need for clean room environments or pause and resume solutions. Uh, plus, uh, the resulting simplified payment process means consumer interactions are smoother and faster. So that final point is uh, an improved customer experience. You know, a descoped solution can also provide uh, customers a single agent resolution. Uh, in terms of improving metrics such as agent handling time and uh, net promoter scores. Excellent. Another term that um, you've used in this discussion is DTMF, interceptor masking. Could you explain further how that technology works? Sure. I think that's, uh, I think that's mine. Um, so DTMF stands for dual tone multi-frequency. And it's those discordant beeps heard when pressing the buttons on your cell phone or your telephone keypad. DTMF solutions are used to enable customers to make payments, entering their credit card details, their account number, that's the primary account number, that's the 16 digit number on the front of a credit card, the expiry date uh, and the three digit security code normally on the back. Uh, and they enter that into their telephone keypad rather than speaking it out loud. Uh, the tones generated um, by doing that are sent down the telephone line and they're intercepted in the cloud by uh, the PCI PAL Agent Assist platform. So Agent Assist then removes the, the DTMF from the phone call, uh, substituting, uh, substituting in a single dummy beep. And it's that dummy beep that is then passed down the line uh, to the contact center agent. Yeah. I think it's, it's quite useful to understand that this masking prevents the contact center equipment and the employees from hearing the tones generated. So they effectively avoid exposure to cartel data and entering that into the contact center network. So the company contact center, is, they're really not processing, transmitting or storing cartel data, nor can it affect the security of the information. So when this DTMF masking is taking place, the contact center is much less likely to be the source of compromise for payment information and a DSCOPE solution will then really remove that final vulnerability point, which is the agent from scope. Yeah, uh, I mean, using DTMF masking to take card payments has been around as a technology since the turn of the century. 
Um, it, it, it has, however, and always been implemented properly. So some systems out there suffer from a problem called DTMF bleed. So this is where the removal of the tone uh, is not carried out cleanly and small amounts of DTMF manage to get through and are passed down the line to the contact centre. So whilst the bleed may be very slight, in fact so small that it's not readily detected by the human ear, um, it does end up down, downstream in call recording systems where unfortunately it can be analysed and recovered by hacker software. So this is one reason calls, call recording systems are in scope for PCI DSS. Uh, it's therefore very important to ensure uh, that the DTMS system that you implement does it correctly and does not suffer from any bleed issues. Um, so within the PCI-PAL platform, you know, we go to significant lengths to detect and remove all and any uh, bleed from the, uh, from the phone call. I love better understanding the technology, so thank you for the explanation. Um, could you provide some examples of how Asian Assist is being used in contact centers worldwide? Yeah, it's, it's quite important. I mean, it's so pervasive. Security payments is really a global requirement, regardless of the organization's size or, or even the industry vertical. So for PCIDS's compliance regulation, as I've mentioned, it's, it's been in place 18 years, and we see companies across a wide variety of different industries, really, they're leading the way in protecting both customer data and their business brand reputation. So organizations realize the value of reducing the scope with automated solutions and Simplification is so essential to achieve that data security and compliance success. Yeah, the, uh, the PCI-PAL system is hosted uh, within the Amazon AWS public cloud. Um, so it takes full advantage of the rigorous cybersecurity systems implemented by the world's biggest cloud provider. So with AWS taking care of security of the cloud, PCI-PAL has, has implemented a security in the cloud solution across multiple worldwide regions. Um, our platform is available across the United States, Canada, the United Kingdom, Europe and Australia. Um, some merchants use the platform in its simplest manner. Their contact center agents launching a web page from the PCI-PAL system, logging in and uh, completing a browser web form uh, to take a payment, whilst others have more complex integrations using our uh, API to automatically uh, log in synchronized CRM systems and push payments and order information automatically up to our cloud platform. Thank you so much. And then to wrap up with a tactical question, what are the recommended actions that organizations should be taking right now to prepare for the transition to PCI DSS 4.0? Yeah, 4.0, as I've mentioned, it was four years in the making and finally released at the end of March in 2022. So some organizations may think, well, we have two years to, to work on increasing our maturity and get up all of these new requirements in place. But it's really not that much time considering the workload. So one of our key recommendations will be you, you need to be strategic about your approach. Use the technology that is available to reduce the scope and increase the effectiveness and the sustainability of your compliance environment. You need to simplify the management of your compliance maintenance. And that is quite key. And then also what we recommend is don't jump into implementing new PCI DSS 4.0 requirements right away. You, you need to establish a project to properly review these new requirements first and make sure that your team correctly interprets the new requirements before doing any implementation work. So it, it helps to have that logical process. How do you best achieve the goal of PCI DSS compliance? 
and a product such as, such as Agent Assist will really help significantly to achieve the goal of PCIDSS overall, which is to, you need to have that sustainable control effectiveness and predictable success. And it, it will help you to avoid what is being referred to as the three stages of compliance management failure. <laughs> so these are the common mistakes that occur during planning and execution of PCI security compliance programs. And we've seen this happen over the last 18 years, and it, it is not that difficult to avoid, but you need to be aware of it. So the first stage of PCI security compliance programs that, that fail in the first stage is often a failure of vision. So these are the why mistakes. This is a failure to understand the purpose. Why are you engaged in PCI security compliance and what is your overall goal and your outcome? So having the simplicity, you need to simplify, should be really one of your key objectives to achieve sustainable control effectiveness. And once typically you have, if this is the first stage of failure, stage two is the failure of strategy. So these are the what mistakes the failure of to design and execute a strategy in a manner that delivers the desired outcomes and results. So typically what we see is choosing the wrong what to make the strategy happen, the wrong priorities, the wrong objectives. This is what comes into play and you can avoid that as well by truly just simplifying your approach. And then lastly, the stage three is a failure of architecture and design. So these are the how mistakes. Typically we see organizations take the wrong approach. They have inappropriate strategy and management methods and frameworks. And it's important that organizations understand the actual goal of PCI-DSS, that they should be, what should they be aiming for? So organizations, the goal of PCI compliance is really to develop and maintain and to continuously improve a mature control environment that offers reasonable assurance for the effective ongoing protection of payment card data in a consistent and predictable manner to give you that sustainable security that is now so important in PCI-DSS 4.0. Yeah, Cisco is right. I mean, we, we see a lot of effort put in by companies to get PCI compliance in the first place. And then having put all that effort in, they sort of relax and, and let it slip. And then uh, before they know it, 12 months have passed and they need to do it again. Um, um, and they're in trouble. Uh, and that's one of the big changes of PCI version 4 is that it's, it has continuous assessment built into it. So if your contact center isn't currently... PCI DSS version 3.2.1 compliant, let alone version 4, or if if you have uh, achieved 3.2.1 but are finding the compliance workload rather extreme, then my advice is just to stop storing credit card data if you possibly can. So use automated solutions such as Agent Assist um, so that your uh, contact center agents can focus on the customer and eliminate the risk of mishandled payments and fraud. So this approach uh, supports uh, work in contact centers, small hubs, and work from home arrangements. So um, if you can't do that, other options include segmenting your network. So all the systems and applications within a contact center are in scope for PCI DSS when processing credit debit card payments, as we've talked about already. So limiting the systems and environments within the scope by separating network environments that store, process, or transmit card data away from those that don't. Uh, it's easier said than done, though. Uh, most most contact centres that we come across, uh, they have like flat a flat network you know, or a LAN, and uh, that does it, that carries all traffic, everything. And to segment it and uh, break it up is really hard to do. Um, when contact centre agents do not have to access the cardholder uh, data at all, uh, the the employees themselves are not in scope for PCI DSS version four requirements, which is great. Uh, the best solution is, of course, to outsource aspects of the card processing and security that all that you can 
Outsourcing can remove some of the burdens of PCI compliance from your organization and fruit resources. So, so um, contact center itself, you might be able to outsource. Uh, log monitoring, access control management, e-commerce systems, um, they're all everyday environments that can be outsourced and de-scoped. So organizations that uh, implement segmentation or outsource the storing process uh, can reduce the size of the card data environment, thus reducing the scope um, of uh, and the risk to the organization and the level of effort that they need to maintain PCI compliance once they've achieved it and going forward. Thank you both for getting tactical and providing some really valuable next steps for um, organizations globally. It sounds like in summary, a lot of organizations would benefit from starting early or rather now towards that compliance since there's a lot of preparation work to do in many cases to meet those new requirements that um, have arrived in 4.0. I want to go ahead and thank both of our guest speakers for their time today. So many valuable takeaways uh, for organizations of any size anywhere around the globe to use. And I also want to thank those that have taken the time to go ahead and listen today. I hope you really enjoyed today's episode and you can download a digital copy of Keep Calm and Simplify, the white paper from PCIPAL.com located in our Knowledge Center.